0: Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant.
1: What's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. Coming up, suggestions for KD for what to do with all that time he has on his hands, and later why it feels like so far watching the NFL... Has not been time well spent, but it's 6 p.m. Eastern, and you know what that means. Here are our top six stories, starting with the bottom of the NFC. Yeah,
2: let's go back to last night. No need to sugarcoat it. The Giants were terrible, uh, and their two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback provided one of the highlights—or I guess a low light—a delay of game penalty on fourth and goal that honestly was a blessing in disguise because it would have been 24 because they weren't scoring there, right? Uh, Anyway, Ben McAdoo came for Eli, and he did not miss.
3: A uh, sloppy quarterback play. Quarterback and the center need to be on the same page there. we got to get the ball snapped.
2: Why did you call a timeout?
3: Because we have a veteran quarterback who's played a lot of football. I expect us to get the ball.
0: Get...
2: All right, now today in a conference call with reporters, McAdoo rejected the idea that he was piling on. I'm not sure what you mean by calling Eli out. We need to get the ball snapped. Agreed. So
1: I had he no in- problem to begin with, so okay. I'm glad he put it in context like that because that bus in New York is plenty big, and there's a lot of room for everybody underneath it. So even if he were trying to make a scapegoat out of Eli, Ben McAdoo knows that there's no escaping the heat that's on him right now given the fact that they've scored a total of 13 points and have it eclipsed 20 points in eight straight games. That obviously starts with him. It doesn't start with him, but he's obviously a big part of that, which we'll get to him in a second. But the reason why I had no problem with him calling him out and Eli himself i 'm sure has no problem being called out is because it was fair that 's on the quarterback, especially that caliber quarterback with that level of experience in that situation, get the ball snapped there 's absolutely no excuse to take a delay of game penalty when one of the things Eli does well, one of the many things Eli does well, is check at the line of scrimmage. You are manning for crying out loud. You own the line of scrimmage. And you're sitting up there so confused you take a delay of game on fourth and two at a critical point in the game, so he deserved to be called out. That's that's why it's not unfair. If you're telling the truth and it's accurate, there's no no harm in, in calling a spade a spade.
2: Okay, but let me put it to you like this, and I was very surprised that Ben McAdoo was asked strong as he was with it in his commentary because in today's day you just don't you just don't hear quarterbacks called out that much particularly not one that have won as much as Eli Manning you just don't hear it a lot you guys that
1: win like Eli Manning don't get to games inside the five yard line not,
2: but he, your question of fairness yeah There were a lot of problems that the Giants had in that game, and we'll get to those in a second, Mm -hmm. whether or not this was the biggest one or whether there's – Section drops. Correct. There was a lot of things that were happening. So what made what Eli did worse than what anybody else did? He wasn't the only one that
1: performed poorly. Because you're Eli Manning, and you should be better than that. You're right. Eli is not the sole source of the problem, but it's on Eli to be more the solution than the problem. He knows better. He is better. That's why you didn't hear him call, come out and say anything differently other than I got to do better than that. Anytime you see a delay, a delay game penalty, it's always, it's on, always on the quarterback. On the
2: quarterback. I yeah. But it, I, I guess given all the problems that they have, I also wonder, was this a little bit of maybe psycho, like psychologically that, like, he did this on purpose. I'm going to call Eli out to show everybody else that no one is safe and no one is immune. Not that they were thinking that, but just in case that they were. That I, I was just Perhaps. wondering if he was trying to send a message, maybe to the rest of the, team, the, rest that of the everybody's team Everybody's, equal. Eli that everybody's everybody.
1: equally bad. I think, that, I think your logic comes to when you're picking nits. Right. When you do something as egregious as that, and you're a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback who's known for being clutch. See, it's one thing to be clutch and, and cool and poised. That's poised in and of itself. And he lost his poise. And he lost his presence of mind right there. And there's no excusing it.
2: Now, as we just said, Eli's performance this season and last night is just one of many issues the Giants are having so far. They're 13 points through. Two games this season is their fewest through two games in 70 years. And even though the Giants have started 0-2 and and for the last five seasons, this is the first time they're starting 0-2 with both losses by 14-plus points. Now, Ben McAdoo spoke with reporters today and said that everything is up for discussion, including whether he should be the play caller. So, Mike, what is the biggest problem with the Giants right now?
1: Yeah, I said it started at the top, but it goes beyond Ben McAdoo. It's on Jerry Reese. And yes. I got a lot of respect for Jerry Reese. This p- team is poorly constructed, and I, and I, I remember the offseason. Do you remember when we got all excited when they got Brandon Marshall? I did. Talked about how unstoppable that trio of wide receivers was going to be. Yeah, that was, that was fun times, fun <laughs> times. No, but it's a poorly constructed offensive line. They have no running game to speak of. Nobody that you fear at running back. So calling plays is that much more difficult when you're trying to call plays to compensate for people's incompetence, whether it's the left tackle, whether it's the uh, the, the wide receivers, either dropping balls or not doing their job when it comes to separation and getting open and so on and so forth. I swear, if the Giants throw another pass shorter the sticks or shorter the goal line I'm not even a Giants fan and that was driving me crazy like the object of third and sixth is to at least run your route at six yards right.
2: don't run it it's at four. To, it's not to come shorter odds decrease <laughs>
1: ever so slightly of converting when you hey. keep throwing shorter the line hey. the hey. game hey. Right. But yeah no and listen they were, they were down a couple of key defenders last night that, that defense you know holds up its end of the bargain you know you get a we talked about the delay of game penalty you got a holding penalty before that right. so everybody the idea of doing your job is one thing but when you're doing your job well it all comes together but when when you're not doing your job well you start to make it hard for anybody else to do his job. Like, as in Eli Manning, you're holding the ball too long, which doesn't help your left tackle, who can't protect to begin with, which doesn't help your wide receivers. And if you do get the ball off, they drop it. So it's just one thing after it, another.
2: It seems like all their, their problems are just compounded. And yes. I, I feel like it's just too many holes for them to be able to cover up everything. And you look at the rest of their schedule, and this thing is going to get worse far before who it gets Who they got up next? They got Tampa Bay up next. And I, for, I just forget got off you. the top of my head who they had after that. Eagles. Oh, Eagles next. Oh, okay. Tampa, I think. Okay, so – they they are in a bad situation, and you're right. Eli Manning, not known for being the most mobile guy. You have a line that's not any good. What Detroit did last night, I was at the game. They were able to they, – all they needed was, was to rush for. That's it. They didn't need to commit anybody extra because why should you? Why should you respect that line? Mm-hmm. So then that made it harder, of course, on the rest of their offense. So – There's a lot of teams that can do that and will do that to them every week. So how do they get out of it? They can't change their offensive line. So I don't know if they ever rectify this situation.
1: Yeah, and then Odell's clearly not 100%. So we know they got plenty of problems, but what's the solution? Let's turn to NFL insider Josina Anderson joining us now from New York. So when you talk to Giants players after last night's game, JoJo, what were their biggest concerns?
0: Well, listen, guys, when I walked into the locker room last night and the air is heavy enough where you can sense concern, you look to your left and you see Odell Beckham Jr. already dressed and ready to go the minute the door opens up for the media so you know he's ready to get up out of there and then when I talk to Landon Collins by his locker and he's saying that the urgency level is at 200% and guys need to look at themselves in the mirror, guys that's letting you know that this is not just 0-2 knowing that there are 14 regular season games left after that, this is 0-2 thinking oh my gosh we've got Philly next and we can really be in a a real hole here with our offense uh, really stagnant still at this point Uh, Odell
2: had a bit of a, a pitch count last night so how did the how did the Giants excuse me plan to deal with his injury moving forward
0: Well, I talked to Odell last night after he uh, was addressing the scrum, and I asked him, is he concerned about his ankle moving forward, seeing as though he played on it at the four-week mark of an injury that's about six to eight weeks when you have a high ankle sprain? And he said, no, I don't feel like I made it any worse. And he's still going to be, you know, dealing with it around the clock as he has been with Giants trainers, his personal trainer, Jamal Liggins. And uh, I think that they're going to try to increase his pitch count, but throughout this week, they have to see if it uh, can stay status quo or if it's gotten better and hopefully not gotten worse but he seems to feel when he talked to me last night optimistic that it, it was okay
1: all right justina we appreciate you making us smarter uh stay in touch and tell uh, sterling shepherd we say what's up <laughs>
0: Oh, saying, really excuse y'all excuse me, me next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't have your backpack and your Pokemon backpack <laughs> knocking
1: me out the way in front of everybody on TV. Oh, side, there, take it easy. Meanwhile, just like I told y'all, Matthew Stafford took the Lions on the road and beat a playoff team from the year before. Uh, he had a Giants stink and probably I won't snip right. the playoffs this year, but numbers never lie. Shout out. Stafford <laughs> didn't put up big numbers himself, but he threw two touchdowns and got help from, wait, what? A running game? An actual Lions running game? Amazing. 32 runs and 21 passes? Not bad, not bad at all. But other two and no lines, legit good, you know.
2: I think we still have to reserve judgment. Baby steps with this organization, right? I mean, they they certainly Don't do that. what? Don't do that. Don't, it's gotta in the the past. Be baby Don't live in the past. I'm not living in the past. I'm just going you back said to last this year. organization. Yeah, this baby steps with this organization because there is this is where the past is relevant. There's plenty of precedent and evidence of them having high hopes. And only to be let down. Now, this Lions, I was really impressed with not just Matthew Stafford's poise, but impressed by their defense and that they were able to generate points and not just everything be on his arm. As you mentioned, the running game, which has been hit or miss for a lot of his career in Detroit, it was finally there. Then they get a big return for a touchdown. So they kind of put everything together. But you do have to take, and this is not to diminish or belittle what they have accomplished, you do have to take into account who they play. The Giants. real test begins this week because gotcha. they have the Falcons. So even
1: though they are a playoff team and Jim Caldwell has been a, a, a really good coach for them, a successful coach for them, still wait and see when it comes.
2: To- you you kind of yeah. have to, right?
1: No, no you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. I mean, if you play who you play and they beat who they played. They're, they're legitimately good.
2: And they, Stafford, did the, and they did this last year. They beat the teams yeah. they were supposed to beat. Right. Lost to a lot of teams that should have beaten Right.
1: I, I'm not saying they're one of the elite teams, but they're a good team. I mean, Stafford's legit. Jim Caldwell, respected, accomplished head coach. I like their attitude. I like their approach. I like the confidence that they play with. I like the edge. I like the speed and ferocity that they play with. Um, I like the fact that they're the only team with an offensive, defensive, and special teams touchdown so far this season. So they're getting contributions from a variety of places. You are from a place called Detroit. I just came here to tell you that it's not too late for you to go home.
2: I'm good.
1: Uh, it's okay. I'm all right. For those that don't know, I'm not. I'm alright uh, Jamel is got many because her mother went to college in San Francisco. Jamel okay. is a 49ers fan. But I, given the state of your 49ers, and given it's with the Detroit, tough times so, that make winning so go good, home. jump on the bandwagon. There's one. I don't, go I don't home.
2: but I don't go root against them. Mike, I do not root against them because I know for the for the well being, the mental well being of my friends and family. I would love to for them to experience what I have as a fan with the 49ers. Maybe one day. It's
1: a good team. They're here to stay.
2: All right, uh, on to some strange news. The Miami Dolphins have suspended linebacker Lawrence Timmons indefinitely after he went missing from the team hotel last weekend. The Dolphins were unable to locate Timmons on Saturday and even went so far as to file a missing persons report as first reported by TMZ. Now, sources told ESPN's Jeff Darlington that the Dolphins haven't made any concrete decisions about Timmons beyond the suspension, but per the collective bargaining agreement, teams can suspend a player up to four games for detrimental conduct. Mike, what is your reaction to a very bizarre story?
1: Yeah, my reaction was this is a a disturbing development um, and just a sad story. Um, We certainly don't know much of anything at this point. And, you know, I respect the Dolphins and and Adam Gase's, uh, you know, making a decision, giving the information that they know. But from the outside looking in, on the surface, to me, a suspension felt rushed and felt rash, harsh, and hasty from the outside looking in, okay? I know that there's a lot we don't know, and apparently they're not satisfied with his explanation. What I do know is that he has played in every regular season game from week 10, 2009 until week 17 last year. Was one of five defensive players to play in all 120 games during that span. Okay, so you're talking about somebody you want to talk about out of character situation, somebody whose character is to show up and be available for his team. So it should be alarming. It should raise eyebrows and red flags for somebody to go AWOL on the eve of a game, given how dependable he has been. So I just hope whatever decision was made was not about precedence or procedure or politics or protocol, but was actually about the person. Because all we know is that he's dealing with a personal matter. He was supposed to see the doctors yesterday, a personal matter. I hope the person is paramount throughout this entire situation, making sure that he is well and good and not just, oh, here's an opportunity to save guaranteed money or here's an opportunity to send a message or to hold him accountable based on our rules. I get it. I get all of that. Right. And I know there are a lot of things we aren't getting information-wise. I, 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 I hear it. But, my, yes, my reaction is, my reaction is, wow, guy that never misses a game goes missing and all of a sudden he's suspended. It just seems a little fast. I, th-
2: I think it's okay in 2017 to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. He certainly earned it based off the type of career that he's had and, as you mentioned, his availability. But I think you can do that while also understanding that teams have to make their own decisions based off the information that they have. And I hear you because when you sort of start looking at the little bit we do know about this, one would think, given how he's performed as a player and by what other teammates present and past have said about him, that he would only do this if something of a very serious nature were the reason that he did it. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess we'll just have to wait to see we'll wait to find uh, out the how story. this story develops. No the Hopefully
1: he's OK. That's the bottom yeah,
2: line. I agree. All
1: right. Uh, a lot of takes yesterday from a lot of people taking Ezekiel Elliott to task for taking those two interception returns off Sunday in Denver. Jason Garrett said he'd take the time to speak to Zeke about not competing up to Dallas's standard. As for the man responsible for the Cowboys
2: culture, here's his take. I think you can point to Zeke, but you really have to look at the general uh, uh, effort to chase that ball down by uh, uh, most of the people that were on the field. Dak, now, of course, gave it everything he had to uh, try to uh, contain that interception. But still, uh, you look at it across the board, and you'll see uh, more effort.
3: You'll need more effort than what you see.
1: All right, so with that said, is it unfair to single out Zeke?
2: Nope, I don't think so at all. Tell me if this, is, if this is an unfair correlation. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's well-versed about all the things that Ezekiel Elliott has been going on, uh, has had going on off the field. And in his corner have been his teammates, Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett. They've been measured in their words because they know about the seriousness of the issues and the accusations that he faces. So given that, if you're Jerry Jones, if you're Jason Garrett, and you're watching him do that – after all that you guys have been through together, I don't blame them for feeling a little more insulted than maybe they would for other players. Like of all people. Of all people. You need to be right? busting I mean, your And, for and us. look, it was a lot of Cowboys who certainly you could question, maybe not their effort, but you, you can, they had poor performances. Zeke was definitely not the only one. I'm sure that was a game Dez Bryant would like to forget as well. But with everything going on with this guy, you can't be the one to do that. It can't be you.
1: So you started off by asking, you asked me to tell you if that was an unfair connection to draw. Yes and no. Yes, it's unfair because the domestic violence accusations have nothing to do with his professionalism and his competitiveness in a situation. However.
2: Nor have they been proven. Correct. Yeah.
1: But I don't think you're alone in thinking. Every, look, the truth is, and this is, this is what's unfortunate, if he was in fact innocent of domestic violence, What's unfortunate is that every time you look and talk about Ezekiel Elliott, that's gonna to come to mind. And even that before story. that.
2: Let's say you want to put that away. Yeah. Even before that with the young lady on the boat and just right. general immaturity Correct. that he has been. So this feeds
1: for. into a pre existing reputation that he's spoiled and in a front runner. But like I said yesterday, anybody can do this. For me, I don't think it's unfair to single out Zeke because Zeke, until much is given, much is required, and if you want to be more than just a leading rusher, you want to be a leader, you have to set the tone. It's never about, we talk about this all the time when it comes to accountability and measures of success and what we're doing. You never, your, your, your excuse can't be what well, everybody's doing. It. That's not how I was and raised. your
2: excuse can't be what well, we were getting beat down.
1: Yeah, and so other look at the film. Other people, other people who do what they want. like the Dak
2: Prescott. There
1: you go. That that's crazy, what
2: makes him look even worse. Correct.
1: So you have to know within your own heart that you know what i'm not doing anything when it comes to the ground game i got to find a way to make my presence known because again there are lots of plays that people make that are not the traditional handoffs and touchdowns or catching a touchdown there are plenty of game changing plays that are strictly a result of hustle so i I say jerry i I get what he's saying about hey all of us got to do better but I don't need you protecting Zeke any more than you have. Right. Zeke has to do better for Zeke's professionalism, not just based off of what he may owe the rest of his team. All
2: right. Uh, so, KD, you may have heard, got caught tweeting about himself in the third person. And most notably, he was criticizing his former coach, Billy Donovan, and teammates in Oklahoma City. Now, many people speculated that KD had created a fake account to get off some hot takes and forgot to switch accounts. Mm. Uh, that prompted jokes on jokes on jokes. Maybe the best one delivered by your boy, Joel B. Of course. <laughs> Burner Twitter. Meanwhile, KD addressed the situation during a TechCrunch panel about athletes and branding.
1: Free timing.
3: I do have another Instagram account, but that's just for a friends and family. So I wouldn't say I was just that to clap back at anybody. But I use Twitter to engage with fans. I think it's a great way to engage with, you know, basketball fans. But I happen to take it a little too far, and that's what happens sometimes when I get into these basketball debates. I don't regret clapping back at anybody or talking to my fans on Twitter. I do regret um, using my former coach's name and the former organization that I played for that was childish, that was uh, idiotic, all those type of words. I regret doing that, and I apologize to I'll scale back a little bit right now and just focus on playing basketball. So I want to move on from that. It was tough to deal with yesterday. I was really upset with myself, but that's what I want to move on and keep playing basketball.
2: All right, now after the panel, KD have more to say to Sam Amick. Uh, KD, this is his quotes, I was that was just me being a total, you fill in the blank there, idiot. I own up to it, I wanna move on from it. It probably hit me probably harder than what everybody thought. Everybody else was telling me to relax, to snap out of it, but I was really, really upset with myself more than anything. It's not the fact that people were talking about me because I deserved that, but I'm just more upset with myself that I let myself go that far. You know know what I was saying? It was a joke to me at first. I was doing it all summer, and it went too deep. I went too hard. I haven't slept in two days, two nights. I haven't ate. It's crazy because I feel so blank pissed at myself, and I'm mad that I brought someone into it.
1: So you accept this uh,
2: explanation and apology?
1: Yeah, I, I accept it, and I want to start off by, you know, not living in a glass house and, and throwing a brick, I don't want to be hypocritical here because and I don't need you to respond. But I, I can I tell wasn't. you, I am the foremost authority when it comes to wasting your time going back at people who whose opinions don't matter and who you're not going to do anything to change it. All right. So I, I know all about this way to I've, I've wasted way too much time doing exactly what he did, although not from anonymous, burner, ghost accounts or whatever, which that's why I wish he'd insulted our intelligence and lie and said he got hacked or said somebody else was managing his account for him, something. I'd rather insult our intelligence than actually having insulted your former teammates and coach because we talked a lot about the idea of why he would resort to having anonymous accounts, why he would want to clap back so badly that even though he does it from his own account, why he would create other accounts to do it if in fact he did that. Um, but But the substance of what was said the substance of what he typed, that he couldn't win with that group, that he didn't like playing with them. That, that's, you blew that 3 1 lead too. That wasn't just on Russ, and that's the thing that he's been able to escape. When he left, a lot of people pointed at Russ and said he couldn't get it done. I said, no, they didn't get it done. And if you look at that 3 1 series that they blew to the Golden State, he was just as much complicit as anybody in that. And so ultimately, the lesson for KD, because like I said yesterday, and, and, I'll, and I'll leave it here and give it to you, but I said this yesterday. I don't want to I don't want to tell him how to walk in his shoes because most of the people that say ignore it don't have to deal with it. And I don't know what it's been like to be him. But what I do know is he's won. You won. I I mean, people are arguing with you, the best player in the world. You won like there's no you don't have to say anything to anybody. You know, it's, it's it's beneath him at this point. So sometimes, as you and I often talk about, you just got to let a fish swim by. Right. You got to let a fish swim by and not feel like you got to get in the, in the dirt with anybody else, because honestly, it don't matter. And if you say it, are you changing your minds?
2: No. no and no, the people that are dug in about his reasons for leaving Oklahoma City. They're going to always feel that way, and they're going to always look at him as somebody who took the, quote, easy way out. And it doesn't matter, for some people, how many championships he wins, if he has more finals MVPs or regular season MVPs, that's always going to be problematic for them. Fine, let them have that. I just wonder, what's it going to take for KD to let it go? Mm. Because the one thing that comes across with him is, I think he wants to be liked, and I think. Uh, That it bothers him, not just the criticism, but when people don't like him, because you talk to everybody and they will talk about what a good guy that he is. And so I can imagine you talk about being in somebody's shoes. I can imagine what it's like to generally feel like you're a good person, but yet all this backlash and anger that it, that's out there for well, you well, and that's to, a part a lesser, of the job
1: to a lesser extent we both know what it's like to be talked about right but we also but, know that, and also hate it right but not to his level right so we understand the sensitivity to some extent but you can't give in to this level right so this le- what you put in, exposing yourself as something that you don't want to be exposed as which is an ungrateful teammate because if that's how he actually felt whether it was in the third person or not that's the most alarming
2: thing right
1: all right, we got to get back on time. So let's speed this up. Among
2: many reasons. here's the top 10 of ESPN.com's power rankings. Mike, take it or leave it. The Falcons belong atop the week three power rankings.
1: What you think I'm going to say? Of course they uh, do. Yes, yeah, I'm taking it because I told you yesterday, y'all need to leave the 28 to 3 jokes in the past. Respect this team. I might have put the Chiefs up top. But, I'm, but the Falcons would have been second, but that's okay. I'm good with the Falcons being where they're going to be for most of the season, so I'm taking that.
2: All right, uh, let me pick a couple, uh, pick a couple nits, as, Michael, pick the as they say. So I'm going to leave this. I would flip-flop the Chiefs and Falcons. I think the Chiefs still have the most impressive winning season of the Patriots. Speaking of which, still in the top five, huh? Oh, okay. Oh, so uh, that, that, that win over the Saints. The that games? wins over the Saints. All right.
1: Not enough respect for the Broncos at Definitely seven. Definitely not. Okay, and how the Lions, they were number 10 last week, not even number 12. How you, go, how you win if you two 2-0, you go down. No respect for the Lions. Yeah, and the you Broncos see.
2: down beneath Green Bay, who's 1-1. One one. In
1: exact science, but come on, people, do better. Each of the past four seasons, Jamel, at least one 0-2 team has rallied to make the playoffs, including two 0-2 teams two years ago. Take it or leave it, one of the nine 0-2 teams will make the playoffs this
2: year. Uh, I'm going to leave this because I'm looking at that group and where... Who? How?
1: For who? For what? A bunch of Deion Ferris, pennies with holes. I'm saying so like there's that list is oh. terrible.
2: Jets no, Browns no. See, well, it's not up anymore, but yeah. still, 49ers no. Saints, Only hope no. is if
1: Andrew Luck <laughs> came back quickly. Maybe, maybe, maybe in that division, maybe. Uh, even though that team is flawed in Indianapolis. Uh, San Diego, they deserve better than to be in the AFC West. They, they should be better. They shouldn't be zero and two, but they—they—they're they in a division, in one division, to come out of that hole. So right. I'm with you. Nobody makes it out of the zero and two crew at all. What do you think about the Bengals though? AJ McCarron saying ride with Andy Dalton.
2: Interesting strategy. Backup always the most popular guy in town. Way to continue to make yourself look in a magnanimous light with that. He's words for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it I mean, I'm gonna take it uh, All
2: right, let's uh, talk some basketball. The Knicks had availability today, and Michael Beasley he said something crazy.
1: <laughs> do I see us being better than a 31 win team, Vegas?
3: Listen, I don't. I don't even go to Vegas. <laughs> so yeah, I do. I I, I think we got the potential to be not only a playoff team, but a five six lead team if we do it right.
2: All right, so take it so, a- you know,
1: <laughs> it. This, this should already be on the screen. It should already just say leave it. It should have been up there already. Why would we take this? I mean, I know it's the Eastern Conference, but you're still a Knicks.
2: You, admire, you don't even admire the confidence? No,
1: they all come in with high hopes. I know. You know, they all come in with Bear high
2: grows. hopes. Derrick Rose, he said they were a super team.
1: The only thing that was cool <laughs> that Beasley said the day, that I, he's like, I'm your favorite player's favorite player, which I, I love that. I'm your favorite analyst's favorite analyst. And just like Black Thought is your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. But so why, I was feeling how, that. That was ridiculous, too. But How I, would
2: that apply? That was actually less like, ridiculous than him saying the Knicks. be the know. <laughs> to I don't, know. I don't know.
1: Because you know what? At least, it, you know, it's his opinion. This is just ridiculous. The Knicks being a, a, a five, we said five or six seed? No. <laughs> right. No, you leave I I'm like, in
2: what sport? Exactly. (laughs) What are we talking about here? All right, let's keep it real. Uh, These NFL games have been kind of painful to watch. Only 35% of games have been decided by one score, the league's lowest rate through week two since 2003.
1: I knew I wasn't (laughs) tripping. And
2: by the way, most of the close games we've gotten haven't even been entertaining to watch. Look at those scores 13 9, 9 3. Yeah. Seahawks 49ers just a lot of bad football being played once upon a time a man Marcus Spears played some very good football <laughs> now Marcus as a college guy or at least that's what you commentate on mostly though you can do both uh, what do you make of the quality of these NFL games this season I think look before we get to you I'll just say this real quick for years as much as I love college football I always thought the NFL product was better but in the last, I'd say, two to three years, I think college football has by far surpassed the NFL as the better in product. In terms of the product. In terms of the product, what's your take on this?
3: Jamil, I've been bored to death with the NFL games. Like, it's just it's that enthusiasm, the heightness, the Sunday night, the Monday night football, all of that encompasses is what you think of the NFL. And it just had not been that deal. Now, I am so deep into college football that from time to time I start to think that college football is the end all be all. But then sometimes you turn on a game on Sunday and you're like, this is where it's at. Like this is good on good. This is as good as it get. This is the best the world has to offer. The game just hadn't offered that excitement. I go back to the Giants and the Cowboys first game Sunday night. It was just, it was lame. It was boring. It was, not what I wanted it to be. Well, I think that's because it, the expectations and the hype, it, it hasn't been
1: met by, by the results. There's been a lot of letdowns, especially in primetime. The only game I enjoyed this past weekend was probably Eagles-Chiefs, and the Chiefs have yeah. probably played in a couple of the best games so far. I'm wondering, just trying to look on the bright side, I'm wondering if this is one, like one of those great TV series where you just kind of got to stay with it and wait for it. Like if this is an extension of the preseason, we don't know who's good and who's not. We got a lot of injuries, bad old line play. And, Marcus, what do you think it is? I'm wondering if just some of the negativity going into the season has hurt the product and and how we view the product, whether it's domestic violence conversations and and controversies, cover-ups, concussions, the credibility that the league costs itself by not having Colin Kaepernick in the league. Um, Just a lot of different reasons why when you look at the game and, and you're not enjoying it, you're already kind of coming into it with a bad taste in your mouth in some respects.
3: Mike, you hit an important part there. This is one of the off-seasons where we weren't talking about the hype leading into the NFL season. We were talking about all the things going on around it. And plus, too, with even, even with the domestic violence, the Colin Kaepernick story, everything that went on, we also got to pay attention and identify that it was two catastrophic natural disasters as well. So it's a lot of things playing into... This just not being the time where everybody is excited that the NFL is back, but I'm with you. It's the ultimate reality show. That's what sports are. At some point, the fight is going to happen. At some point, you're (laughs) going to get the great episode that everybody has been waiting for. At some point, Issa Rae from Insecure <laughs> is going to show up in the NFL <laughs> and it's, it's going to get lit. So I think everybody just needs to pause a little bit. We know what this game is. We know what it's going to get to. Right. And at some point it'll be there. It. We're going to get to the Heisman in just a second. We're gonna, we'll get your Heisman uh, front runner in just
1: a second. I want to ask you because an, an NFL area scout, he waited on Oklahoma State's Mason Rudolph draft stock. He said he's not as good as the media wants everyone to believe. He's a day three guy. Armstrong oh. is adequate, not tops. He said, what's the difference between him and Bryce Petty? Hey, real quick, give us your
3: scouting report on somebody who's vaulted up to the top of the Heisman conversation. I think, look, Mason Rudolph is great. I think he's playing in a system that helps him. But the guy that I'm looking forward to seeing play the rest of the way is Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. Is he your Heisman he, frontrunner, Baker Mayfield? Yes, yes. He has the signature win at Ohio State on the road. He's playing for a team that's going to be a contender, I think, at the end of the year. We had this talk about the Big 12 not really being represented right. I think Oklahoma and Oklahoma State can represent the Big 12 in teams that will beat fighting for a final four position. I think Baker Mayfield has the juice. He brings enough of the storyline. He has enough edge to him, plus the good performances. But we all know that Bedlam, between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, will probably be his calling card to being in New York and maybe hearing his name called if he can outperform Mason Rudolph and get that W.
2: Yeah, people are taking a look at the best odds to win the Heisman, as we mentioned, Baker Mayfield in front, followed by Mason Rudolph. Sam Darnold, and then Lamar Jackson. Uh, speaking of the Heisman, let me ask you about a former uh, Heisman candidate, finished runner-up, Deshaun Watson. He tweeted uh, about Kelly Bryan that he will be better than me. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, that's, that's hefty praise coming from somebody like uh, Deshaun Watson, that's for sure. Was he just being overly gracious, or is there some truth to that? Because right now, for me, Clemson – no disrespect to Alabama, Clemson looks like the number one team in the country.
3: Yeah, they, they are the number one team in the country, and they look the most complete and Kelly Bryant has been a surprise to all of us in the nation. But I had an opportunity to talk to Dabo this offseason. He didn't say Kelly Brown would be better than Deshaun. And I think Deshaun is giving that praise and playing into that humility trait. Because Deshaun is probably the greatest player to ever play at Clemson. But Kelly Bryan has juice. He has the legs. He can throw the football. He had times make this team better than they really are and from a standpoint of doing more than what's needed at the quarterback spot. And he's had some signature performances. You would take him over Lamar Jackson again in the Louisville game. You would like what he did more if you broke down the film. He He's had another signature win against a very good Auburn defense that went, went into his house and tried to take it from him. I think Kelly Brown is legit. And look. This is Dabo retooling. We are looking at Clemson become one of those teams where we're going to see year in and year out be competitive. All right. Hey, man, you make every show your own better. That's why Tuesday
1: (laughs) with Marcus is going to be a thing. You can also, of course, check you out on Thinking Out Loud. Staple yes. on the FCC network. You the man, we appreciate you showing up despite what happened to your LSU Tigers. If we had more time, we'd ask you about Kyrie and LeBron because you know how you, we we know how you feel about LeBron.
0: <laughs> we'll
3: save that for another day. They don't like <laughs> each other, Mike. They don't <laughs> like each other.
2: All right, so we begin today's doing too much countdown with a little drama between two former Washington teammates here since Hannah
3: From 2013, all of a something, it's a whole big dilemma in the locker room in the meeting rooms and just in our building that you know the man Mike Shanahan and RG's not seeing eye to eye and before you know it you know RG's not playing when the whole thing went about we hear that Mike Shanahan's not coming back the next year then we hear you know the quarterback basically saying that hey you know you got me out of here not not playing last year the last few games then this that's what happened you get fired you know taking credit for you can't do that
2: so RG3 responded via the Twitter. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, you on
1: Twitter. I'm telling you.
2: Yeah, he was. Uh, he took offense obviously to Santana Moss, saying that he delighted in seeing the Shanahan's fired, and he, you know, said he basically called Santana Moss a liar. I can't
1: believe this is still relevant in a story, and I'm trying to think of any story that started so spectacularly. And ended as badly as RG3's time in D.C. It's just a shame that this is even still being discussed.
2: I'm not saying this will happen to, to Andrew Luck for having an RG3, but remember, that was a debate.
1: Uh,
2: right? A, a debate. debate.
1: One upon a time, Peyton and, and, and Ryan Leaf was one. Aaron Williams huh?
2: and Chris Paul, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden, you know, you have this.
1: All right, so Brandon Marshall, one catch for 17 yards, should have had at least two. Of course, they had a devastating drop in the fourth. Giants fans were letting him have it on Twitter, but many tweeted at Broncos linebacker Brandon Marshall. Frickin' Twitter, uh, he decided though to have some fun with. Which guys, I thought Nation, was great. So I appreciate him owning it. They two and zero, so he can laugh about it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was funny because he wasn't just uh, saying lightly. He wasn't lightly giving it back to him. Like right. he was going at. Right. Some he was
1: posing at. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: so he was letting him know because I'm sure. I mean, this has happened to him before. Plenty of times. That's he, so what I heard the rece- story. I'm
1: like, how is this different from right? any other right. day? You where know, the other wide, wide receiver, brand all Brandon all
2: Marshall, has yeah. done something or not done something, and all of a sudden you've got to pay for it. Yep. Um. Speaking of the Giants, so rookie tight end Evan Ingram hauled in his first touchdown of his career on the first play of the second quarter last night. But of course got flagged for a celebration. Um, yeah. Did we see what he did there? Yep. He called the penalty bowl, whatever, and and said he accidentally touched something. Whatever. You don't believe that, do
1: you? Sometimes just a reflex. Just, really, Mike? You, just got, you forget you on TV sometimes. sometimes you, just, you forget people watching. <laughs> he told totally He got did. kids watching. He did that on it purpose. Just he was
2: stunned. He did that on purpose.
1: <laughs> to lead up to Marshawn, uh, which tailgate's more of your speed, Stanford or San Diego State? I
2: think you know the answer to that.
1: Is, do you think there's a correlation to the outcome of that game? It, <laughs>
2: yes, When it comes exactly to the tailgating. The tailgating. They had tablecloths. Who has tablecloths? Like a wedding. <laughs> like, who does that?
1: Like a church service over there.
2: <laughs> That's like the difference. See, the difference between a barbecue and a cookout. Or
1: oh, direct TV and cable. <laughs> or I'm sorry, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Who the hell knows? Uh, uh,
2: yeah. All right, you know you've got a 2K problem. I reject the premise. Why play is it a problem? It during class. Maybe the
1: class is boring. That's on the
2: teacher. But that is nothing compared to my man right here. Yo, you know this is just a Come game. On. I'm trying to play. Are you serious? No Yo, break, guys. Break. Are you serious? Break, break guys you're not serious it's just a, no, it's not game. Just a game it is uh no, you're looking like you in the game oh my god son you've been playing all day did you even move from this spot no. let that man live okay
1: that's why okay. i had to retire to six i got tired of being nagged about it man they don't, y'all don't understand the commitment that it takes the, the commitment that
2: it takes to flourish in a fake game in which you're
1: in you, that's you, you hear Adam Silver talking about wanting to make the NBA broadcast look like these games? I just bought it for my son. I, he left the
2: Really? Like, forget about learning. And the part you didn't see is my man, uh, he had to use the bathroom. And he went in a cup. So. Hey,
1: there you when go. you're Javel McGee and you're a champion, you go grocery shopping in your bathrobe like a boss. That goes hard in the paint. I wish a, you know what? Again, the wife won't let me do that. A couple of windy city-related career changes. The Bulls have hired former coach Doug Collins as a special advisor. So long, Doug. We appreciated you. He will report to John Paxson. Can you advise him to buy out Dwayne Wade so he could reunite <laughs> with LeBron James so all can be right with the world, please?
2: And Doug Collins, he's already made it clear. Don't start any rumors that he's going to take over to coach. Obviously, they have uh, Fred Hoborg there. But we'll miss Doug. We'll miss his analysis here and. Good luck to you. Those bulls back. All right, now according to the Chicago Tribune, former Bears quarterback Charles Tillman, he's training to become an FBI agent. Wow. Yeah, his dad was in the military, he was a criminal justice major. So you talk about a significant career That's change. A pivot. That is a, <laughs> That's a, a hell of a pivot. So I'm sure he'll be he'll be great at that at work. All as right, before well. we
1: call the day, here's who had a good day. One time for Eagles defensive end, Chris Long, who will donate his first six game checks this season to fund scholarships for students in his hometown of Charlottesville, Virginia. The scholarships which will provide two students with a seven-year, all expenses paid school program, are meant to promote equality through education. Long, of course, was very outspoken after. The situation in Charlotte
2: recently, uh, and it's a good day for all of us here at the SC6. We have a new member of the family because SC6 associate director Brandi Tate she gave birth to Parker, who arrived at 8:04 last night, nine pounds, fourteen ounces. Congratulations! Congratulations! That's
1: it for us. Stay tuned for Twin Yankees. Happy birthday, Ma. I love you, UVA. Look at him, holding it down in Charlottesville.